are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Today we're going to be talking to you about uh, the offensive line, similar to what we did with the wide receivers on the Monday edition breaking down essentially what went right for them and what went wrong in 2021, then talking about what they need to do to improve uh, as a whole in 2022. And then as far as basketball goes, we're going to be talking about what a win would mean for this team against their upcoming game Saturday for the Arizona State Sun Devils. My name is Connor Drios, always joined by my co-host Richie Bradshaw. You can find me on Twitter at Drios. You can find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. You can follow us uh, essentially on Twitter for our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday in plenty of places to get your podcasts. Uh, so that could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. Thank you so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is also brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of the year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Richie, it is a Wednesday, right? We are getting halfway through the week. We're getting closer and closer to a sendable basketball game if they ever play one ever again, uh, which we can talk a little bit about the rescheduling as well today since they uh, rescheduled both USC and uh, I think it was Utah. Right or no, no, they really no, rescheduled. We play Utah. We had to reschedule USC, UCLA, and U of A. Okay, I, I can take a look at that once we get to the basketball segment. But more importantly, how are you doing, my friend? Well, Connor, outside of a migraine that I've had for the better part of eight and a half hours, I am doing really good. And obviously, I love this podcast and I tolerate you. So I'm in a good mood. I can at least appreciate that, and I think our listeners can as well. Uh, so for today, I, I mentioned we're going to be talking about the offensive line. They're they're not they're not always the biggest names, right? Like when we hear or, or we think of like maybe favorite football players, oftentimes it is the quarterback, it is uh, skill position players, DBs, right? The offensive line never gets enough love. But Richie, you and I are going to break that down today and talk about ASU as a whole for uh, essentially twenty twenty one. So. This offensive line group definitely had its, its ups and downs. Um, overall, played pretty well. Uh, they've got three graduating players. Right, so we're going to be talking a little bit about what they need to do for the 22 season a little bit later on in the podcast. But, uh, Richie, just general thoughts on the, the offensive line as a whole, people who stood out to you, maybe uh, some people who might need to step up for the following season. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing here, Connor, is obviously we're, we're losing the vast majority of this offensive line, right? So, we, uh, for this, for this depth chart that I have pulled up here from AZ central, which comes to us from August 31st. So this was going into the season. We are losing for left, left to right. We're losing Kellen Deesh. We're losing Donovan West and we're losing Henry Haddis. So you, you do have some guys behind them. Like a Spencer level was someone who ended up getting, getting a start during the, uh, what do you call it? the Vegas Bowl? So Lovell will get to start. Jarrett Bell was another guy who got a start at center. We still have Ben Scott and Ladarius Henderson. So we were able to see kind of a new, new-ish offensive line, maybe a peek at the future. 
with the Vegas Bowl, but Connor losing West and losing Deesh is going to be absolutely huge. And I am incredibly nervous about next year because of it. Yep. So just for reference there, uh, Kellen Deesh is our left tackle. Uh, so I know Richie had said left to right, but left tackle is Kellen Deesh. You got Donovan West at center. Uh, and then uh, Henry Haddis was our right guard, all graduating and or headed to the NFL this season. Uh, so I, I'm trying to remember, I know uh, Kellen Deesh is going to uh, uh, the combine. Uh, the scouting combine is uh, did Donovan West get an invitation? I can't remember. Not that I'm aware of, but I think, I, again, I, I can't remember either. I think he's, he, oh, I don't think he's definitely declared. And then he might be one of the players that has a, uh, an opportunity in the East West Shrine Bowl. I know we got a slew of, of NFL players or sorry, ASU players going to that game as well. So um, Richie, you're, you're totally right. Losing three players is definitely going to hurt overall. They, they played a, above average. I would say they, it didn't feel like they were ever part of the problem short, short of, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. There were several games and, and the game that initially comes to mind is BYU uh, there was a specific drive in that game where I feel like we either had multiple holdings or multiple false starts later on in the game that just drove me absolutely insane. It feels like outside of the penalties, they project, uh, protected Jaden Daniels very, very well. Um, overall, in terms of uh, looking at like sack numbers per game, uh, Richie, I know you and I had talked about this before the podcast. Arizona State ranks uh, essentially 60th out of 130 qualifying schools in sacks per game, giving up 2.15 sacks. That doesn't sound so bad, 2.15, right? Uh, that kind of puts them middle of the pack in the Pac-12. So not not too good, not too bad. It's not so much that this was a glaring issue, right, in 2021 outside of those penalties. Just for reference, Richie, I know you and I had talked about this. This kind of blew me away. Uh, just to, to give you a little bit of reference, uh, in terms of other Pac-12 schools, Utah is actually number four in the nation, uh, in only giving up 13 sacks per game. That's less than one per game they played this year because I think they played 14, including the Pac-12 championship. Um, Arizona gave uh, was 109th out of 130. Um, this one was kind of interesting, not Pac-12 related, but Richie, Alabama gave up, uh, or sorry, was uh, 106th uh, in sacks per game out of 130. 106, does that do anything for you? Initially, just hearing that stat? It's... it. it... It's it, it's a stat. We'll just kind of leave it at that, I guess. So, <laughs> hey, but so when you when you think about playing in the SEC, playing against better competition than maybe what the Pac-12 does, um, definitely a little bit of a, a little bit tougher there. Um, Oregon State was seventh, so obviously they played very well this year. USC was twenty third. Uh, Oregon was thirty sixth. UCLA and Washington all were tied for forty fourth. So definitely a handful of Pac-12 schools in front of ASU this year. But overall, it, it's a very solid group. And, and losing three players, it. it you hope it doesn't turn into a weakness in 2022. Um, can they play better? That's going to be a, a big question for me. And obviously we can't necessarily say yes or no to that right now. I think that's going to be very, very tough, especially losing two NFL potential players out of uh, five starting players going into the next season. Well, and that's what I was just about to touch on Connor is I, I see these guys in NFL draft conversations a lot. So for the hundredth time, me and you set that over under at three and a half. We feel confident that Darian Butler, Rashad White, and Jack Jones, those are those are the three we're most comfortable with, are getting drafted. But I think we're going to have to seriously start talking about Kellen Deesh and potentially, potentially Donovan West. But I, I feel like Deesh is actually, Connor, 
going to get a huge draft rise here throughout the entirety of the process because I, I, I think he was a stud. You didn't hear his name a lot, and that's because he just did his job and he did it well. I would love if we could dig into who gave up the sacks this year because I'd be willing to bet Deesh gave up the fewest. But what I'll also tell you is I'm not the only one who thinks this. I see stuff all the time. The draft network is very high on him. They typically have him going that fourth to fifth round range when you do a mock draft that's based off of best player available. Take that with a grain of salt, obviously, right? But Pro Football Focus also has him and West in their top 100 prospects for the draft. They, they, these are guys who are known commodities to the draft community. I've seen a ton of my respected peers as well that talk about Deesh as a sleeper. So when you think about relating it back to ASU, you're losing two NFL NFL caliber players. That's massive. And for a team that loves to pass or not pass, excuse me, run the football, he, like heavily run the football. And what do they do when they pass? They go deep. Those are two things, Connor, that requires a very good offensive line, like not not average, not decent, a good offensive line. And you're losing two NFL caliber players, plus you're losing uh, Henry Haddis. Thank you. Yes, Henry Haddis. So it's going to be it's going to be a very, very different Arizona State offensive line in 2022. Holy cow, it's 2022. But it, it, I don't know if it's for the better. And in fact, I just know, I, I do know that it is not for the better. This, this line could be solid. Hopefully that best case scenario right now is it's solid. And I, I feel like we need to set the expectation low, but I, we'll talk about that more in the second segment. Right. So that that's kind of my, my thoughts on that. Before we wrap up the end of this first part of the podcast, Richie, question for you. So if we're talking about confidence levels and players being drafted, you're, you're calling out Kellen Deesh is probably the most confident player. And at the moment, I, w- I would probably agree. Do you think it was a, a, a mistake then for Donovan West to declare for the NFL? If you don't think he's got, not that he doesn't have a shot, but if you're not one of the most confident, um, essentially people in his draft stock, um, did, was it a mistake? Because he does have an extra year of eligibility. Run that back to me one more time, bud. You kind of uh, back up a little. Yeah, sorry about that. So I, I asked, essentially, was it, uh, is it a mistake for Donovan West to have declared? Because he does have another year of eligibility. Um, so if you're not totally confident in him getting drafted, uh, should he have stayed an extra year to really like boost his draft stock a little bit? I don't think that's like the biggest mistake in the whole world. And in fact, I, I, I implore him for it. I think it, it is actually a positive move for him because I think that Donovan West kind of came into this year with a little bit of hype and he's leaving with solid hype. Sure. Like we, we wonder if he came back next year, if he could have fought for a first round grade, but you have to be a special kind of center. Like, I, I mean, think about the centers who've been drafted in the, in the first round over the last few years. It's like Ryan Kelly and tra- uh, Travis Frederick, but that was back in 2013. You typically don't see centers going the first round. And more often than not, you get your quality centers in late day two, early day three, which seems to be that sweet spot for Donovan West. So I'm thinking that this was the right move for him. You you proved your worth at ASU and you proved that to, to a lot of people that you have that potential to make that jump to the next level. I think 
this is the right move for him. It just, it's unfortunate for us because we really wish that he could have come back, but it is what it is. Again, this is definitely the best move for him moving forward. Uh, agreed. Um, so just a quick recap, things that went well, they had a lot of quality players, a lot of quality leadership along the offensive line. So much so that losing them is definitely going to set ASU back potentially for 2022. And we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Negatives definitely had a lot of penalties along the offensive line. Felt like a lot of avoidable uh, avoidable penalties. Uh, so if you could have cut down that a little bit, maybe it would have helped some of the offensive drives throughout the season. Uh, but overall, great. It was definitely not a weakness for you. More so, it, it was a strength along this ASU team on both sides of the ball. Now we're going to be talking about what they can do to improve this going into the 2022 season. But first off, we have to talk to you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Yeah, so let me... Let me tell you about Built Bar. So, Connor, it's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it so easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good that you'll actually want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. And by week three, you might be thinking, this just isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Here's the best part. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And check this out. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, you enjoy a delicious built bar. You can almost count it as a workout with so many different flavors, too. I mean, ranging from peanut butter brownie to raspberry to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so many more. In fact, built bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So be sure to check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 on your order to get 15% off. Again, that's Locked 15 as your promo code for 15% off at built.com. Hey, Sentinel fans, this is Connor Jiris with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. That's Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal or an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Again, just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50, cent ga- or sorry, 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that is code SCORE. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sun of Us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Connor Drios and Richie Bradshaw coming to you with everything Locked hey, On that's Sun me. Levels. That is you. And the other one, I believe, is me. Richie, we just talked about how solid the offensive line was for 2021. And we're losing three out of the starting five players. Do you have a good feeling about this offensive line going into 2022? No, oh, Connor, like we talked about in the last segment, the biggest thing is they're just, 
there's going to be so much change. It's three different starters on this offensive line compared to what you had rolling into the year. And again, like seriously put emphasis on this, Connor, you're losing two NFL caliber players. And it, it even worse, it's left tackle and center. The two absolute most important positions on the offensive line, your blind side and your signal caller from the line. You lost two NFL caliber guys on those two positions. So I'm not going to lie to you, Connor. I am I am like, no, I'm not doom and gloom. So as much as a pessimist as me and you come off when we talk about the uh, Arizona State Sunbulls, although most of the time that's about the basketball team, but that's neither here nor there. What what I what I want to say is I think we could be solid, but a lot of it is gonna is gonna depend on the the chemistry that they're able to build this offseason. So what I'm very happy with came out of the Las Vegas Bowl was that you were able to get some guys in to get to to get some reps. So you had you had Jarrett Bell in at center. You had uh, Spencer Lovell or Lovell. I think it's Lovell in at right guard. You, you still have Ben Scott at right tackle. That's really, really good that you have that. You have that, uh, uh continuity there. L- uh, Ladarius Henderson at left guard. I believe he was also a starter for us. If I'm not mistaken. Correct. He was. Yes. So the biggest thing is you got to figure out your left tackle spot more than anything. That's going to be the most important, the p- important aspect because you had Deesh there the whole year. You didn't really see anyone step not step up but get that opportunity and you have a few guys behind him you got isaiah glass you got ben bray you have austin berry and then looking at our depth chart here do 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 there there's a few other guys there's a uh, kyle breed is also on the roster and that's all that i see without like staring at this for hours and hours and hours uh eddie medina is also an offensive lineman that's on this team but there, there's a lot of there's a lot of unproven talent that is going to obviously have to prove itself, and it's it's really going to be put to the test, and we're going to find out what Arizona State's offensive line is made of. It, and and here's the thing, it, you you also got to find a way to help the offensive line, and here's how you do it: offensive scheming. So it needs to find a way to to get the ball out quickly or create lanes for the running backs to go through it. You can only do so much with an offensive line. That's brand new. You need to find a way to scheme them to have their best success. You also need Jaden Daniels to not. Because how many times did that happen this year, Connor, where he just, he, he goes a step up into the pocket. And most of the time you, you, you applaud that. The only problem is the pocket collapsed and now he gets sacked or, there's times where Jaden gets chased down out of the backfield and that, that gets tallied as a sack. So unfortunately the offensive line is, is having to deal with a mobile quarterback and it's a blessing and a curse. So in one sense, it, it makes your job as an offensive lineman a little easier because you, you have that guy who can make moves around the pocket and yep. get out of those situations. Right. But it's a double-edged sword because you also have a quarterback who might get a little too cute trying to move uh, maneuver the pocket when he shouldn't have to. Like there were times where Jaden had a clean pocket. And I mean like clean, clean, like three, four, maybe even five seconds to really look through the field, identify his reads. 
and get the ball there. But there, there were just as many opportunities there for, for him. Opportunity isn't the right word. There, there were as many situations where he would step into pressure that he didn't need to step into. So I, I think the biggest thing here, Connor, is you need to find a way to get your, your offensive lineman in a good opportunity to gel, especially early on in the season. And, and don't forget, you got to go to Stillwater. You got to play Oklahoma State week one. So you need a lot of practice this offseason. Honestly, shuffle your guys around. The best mentality you can have, Connor, is start your five best. Like just whoever your five best linemen are, find a way to get them into the lineup. Don't try and pitch and hold guys and be like, oh, well, he he's too big to play guard. Well, if he's better than your other guards, then you better find a way to get him in there. So you got a lot of soul searching to do this offseason. And you need to figure it out because going to Stillwater is going to be a very tough place to play. Oklahoma State's defense isn't half bad either. So a long-winded way of me saying the best thing they can do for this offensive line is coaching. That That's the number one uh, opportunity for this offensive line to really get going and gel early on. Zach Hill needs to find a way to to get the most out of his offensive line by putting them in situations where they're not going to fail. I'm going to say something that is overused a ton. Ready? Uh, Of course. I'm always ready. It is next man up for this offensive line in 2022. You're losing three of your starting five offensive linemen, and they're going to have some of the answers in-house for sure. But what is a little alarming to me is none of the upcoming recruits so far in the 2022 class None of the transfer players so far, not one of them plays along the offensive line, any position. So you don't necessarily have a ton of incoming depth. So as of right now, everything we know is that the starting offensive line for the Sun Devils is currently on the roster. Now, there's still going to be players incoming through the transfer portal. I would not be personally surprised at all if you find one starter coming into the transfer portal. Uh, for some reason, especially maybe one of the positions that you might be missing, I'm not so sure they would uh, essentially take away from one of the other two starters being Ben Scott or Lindarius Henderson with time in this offense, uh, unless they could find obviously like a, a much better option. So uh, if they end up finding one of those players to come through the transfer portal, I wouldn't be surprised about that, but, but we'll see, right? They have a lot of, uh, let's just say depth at the position. How quality is it? That's yet to be seen. And what we saw against Wisconsin was a very tough defensive line. So if that is our only barometer for it, that's not, first of all, it's a small sample size, but second of all, it's not a very good test either. Uh, especially like, let's go uh, back to the example. We might've already been talking about this today, but Zach Hill loves to run the ball, right? The offensive line did not open up a ton of holes for Danny Nagata in that game. So hopefully that's not a, a full preview, right? I think once we finally get to see the new starting five, get some time together, uh, with some of the other starters come uh, come some of the later practices before the season starts up. Uh, I'll, I'll probably have more confidence then. But as of right now, it's I, I'm not sure what, what DEFCON we're on. I don't remember if like DEFCON 1 is the worst or, or if it gets higher, it's worse. I'm, I'm at least just paying attention, right? Paying attention to who they end up finding to, to start along the offensive line, just because we're not going to know this answer for, for quite a bit of time. So... Is it going to be better in 2022? Hard to say as of right now. I, I think the goal is to it just almost repeat. And if you can find similar talent um, 
essentially through the coaching that you were talking about a little bit before, if you can coach some of these guys up and avoid some of the, the overblown mental mistakes that they were making week in and week out, the offensive line could look a little bit more quality. Uh, part of it is still included with Jaden Daniels, right? We, we don't have the numbers for um, essentially how many sacks he took, how often he might step up in the pocket when uh, maybe he should have gotten rid of the ball sooner and caused his own sacks. I'm sure he's responsible for the handful of, of the 28 that we had mentioned before. Uh, but there is a way to improve going into next season, clearly. Uh, but it's not all on one person. It's got to be obviously a group effort as a team. And we'll see kind of how they gel going into 2022. So with that, let's go ahead and move into the last part of our podcast, Rich, unless you had anything else to add on that. No, I, I spent like 45 minutes making my point. So I think that's perfect. So with that, then let's go ahead and move on to our good friends over at NetSuite then. Yeah, so I want you guys to picture this. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. You sink it, the championship's yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your your business? Poor visibility because you're still on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial software to power your growth. With visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, this is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books. And 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. A thousand businesses. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing software for those who are ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. So head to netsuite.locked for the special offer on the number one finance. With that, let's go ahead and get into the last part of the podcast for today. We're going to be talking about what a win would mean specifically for the Sun Devils team. If you caught us on yesterday's podcast, we broke down a little bit of kind of what's happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, if they play this upcoming game on Saturday against uh, Colorado, that would be the third game they've played in essentially 30 days. In college basketball, that doesn't happen very often. Obviously, these are unprecedented times, right? Uh, in years past, we haven't necessarily had COVID season, short of the last season or two. Uh, what would have at least been a positive uh, we were talking yesterday about essentially maybe some of the breaks that they would have gotten in the upcoming games, which as of right now, they've had plenty of time to rest. So if they do start playing some of the, the not so much back-to-backs, but shorter rest between games to make up the schedule, that's kind of what they're going to have to do. And we're starting to see that already with uh, both the game against Utah, uh, or sorry, it was uh, USC. I think it was USC and Utah have now been rescheduled essentially on the following two Mondays. So their schedule now looks like this. They play Colorado Saturday, January 15th, and now they've rescheduled their game against Utah to Monday, January 17th, so only get two days in between. Then they play Stanford Saturday, January 22nd, so they have a decent amount of time in between those two games, and then they play another quick game against uh, USC Monday, January 24th. So uh, we already have at least two of the four games, I believe, that they need to reschedule set on uh, essentially on their schedule so far. We'll see what ASU is, is going to come to the court with and how they're going to play. But if they look anything like they did against Calvary, the, the, essentially this game, it, it almost feels like it's going to set the tone for the rest of the season if they don't miss any more games, in my opinion. No, 100%, Connor. So it, it, it just 
you have to play the game because uh, look, I can't preface this enough every time we go to talk about this. Okay. It is so much more important that we worry about the safety of the players, the staff and the fans. That is the utmost priority, which is why I have any issue whatsoever with continuing to delay these games, because if it's not safe, then don't do it, especially with everything that's going on in the world. Right. So preface it with that every single time we go to talk about it. Okay. But what I will tell you is you continue to not play basketball games and you just, you're diminishing the product. You're diminishing any, any hope that you have of getting into March madness, which at this point that, that feels like a long shot. What did we talk about the other day, Connor? We, I said, I I don't know if you agreed with me, but I said your best case scenario right now is to finish 500. I feel like that's the bare minimum that we could ask out of this team, but it starts with getting a win somewhere and it could not be a better option than to win this Saturday against the Utah Utes. Like I, you know, uh, they get uh, Colorado Saturday. They think Utah Monday. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Well, uh, that just made me look stupid, but anyway, a win is a win. A win is a win. Why don't, why not win both? Why not win both? But anyways, thank you for correcting me. Getting a win over Colorado. That, that is going to be huge because it's a Pac-12 game. I understand Colorado isn't UCLA or, or, or U of A, but it's a Pac-12 game. So it's a conference play and it's, it's, it's the first game that you've played in what's it going to end up being like almost two weeks, almost two weeks because yep, the, the last game we played was the second. This game is going to tip off on the 15th. So it, it's going to be the first game you've played in nearly two weeks. It'll only be the second game you've played since like mid to late December. You need to get back in the winning column, Connor, like it bottom line, find a way to win like play street ball if you have to i don't care like find a way to win be aggressive be be aggressive but don't be dirty don't be dirty we don't support that here yeah so it just their their most important game is just the next one in front of them right like they've already dug themselves a hole and there's nothing they can do to pull vault themselves essentially into first place in the pac-12 standings like Johnny had mentioned yesterday in the podcast, like their only real hope of making the tournament is winning the Pac-12 uh, tournament towards like the very end of February, early March. Um, not that like I guess crazy things have happened, but it does not look very good for Arizona State as of right now. I'm still very worried about the rust. Um, Cal has played very solidly this season, so it's not so much a game that I expected them to just dominate and win, but maybe at least had a shot in. But they got dominated by 24 points, man. So uh, against Colorado, I'm, I'm expecting a little bit more of the same, unfortunately, uh, until they prove me wrong, or at least until they show us something differently. Why should we expect Arizona State to come out on top, or at least even be competitive when they, they consistently have shown us they necessarily can't be? They, the couple games they essentially played before Cal were, there were some quality teams in there, right? Creighton is a quality basketball team. They got somewhat lucky on when Creighton missed that last shot. Uh, against GCU, again, another solid um, bracket-worthy team. Uh, and then against Oregon, who's, who's definitely struggling a little bit. So they ended up winning uh, essentially only by two. But uh, until they can start to beat some quality opponents or at least some Pac-12 opponents, my my essentially my hopes for this team are just going to be reserved. And we 
there isn't anybody out there that should feel differently uh, until they start to show us. Uh, it doesn't matter if Marcus Bagley is back on the court or not. It just, I'll, I'll echo what I said yesterday. It just feels like a lost season for this team. Uh, and hopefully they can at least end on a positive note. There's still plenty of games left to play. So I say end, right? But it just, so much time has passed. They should have played so many more games um, leading up to this point. But I guess one positive is because they still have so many games left in the schedule. If for some reason they can go on a magical run and they win, like if they have like 17 ish games left, they go like 13 and four or 14 and three somehow uh, with some quality wins in there that would turn the perspective of the season around. But Rich, you, you, you and I are on the same page, like best case scenario feels like 500. Um, but we'll see if they can even get there. Cause some of the wins they've had up to this point were uh, against some non pac 12 teams that, uh, that have, Essentially, we're not up to par, even with ASU, and that's saying something. I I think you nailed it. I don't, I don't have too much more to add to that, Connor. So just get back in a winning column, please. For the for the love of all that is good in this world, win a game. Richie, for the, the rest of the week, so tomorrow we're going to be continuing our series, kind of uh, essentially reviewing different positions. We'll be continuing the offense. Tomorrow we're going to be touching on running backs, correct? That is correct, and it, it it's going to be a big football special. We got we got to talk about our, our new kid coming in. Uh, yep. What what was it? Zazavian, Zazavian Valade, correct? Yeah, Zazavian Valade. We got to talk about him, and then we're gonna do what we've been doing on the series. Talk about talk about the running backs, what they did for us this year, and what we can look forward to next year. Perfect. Make sure to come back tomorrow, and you you guys will get a little bit more of a, a peek inside of our uh, kind of our thoughts on the running back position. Uh, but thank you so much for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Again, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me, uh, uh, Connor Drios, at C. Drios. You can find Richie Bradshaw, at Richie Brads, with a Z36. You can also follow our Locked On Sun Devils Twitter page, at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday. So remember to click that subscribe button and never miss an episode. Once we drop it, you're going to get a notification saying Locked On Sun Devils has a new episode. So you can listen to it right away. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, or the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Again, thank you, thank you for making us your first listen. Remember to come back tomorrow as we continue our series over the running back position. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We are Locked On Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.